This morning we're going to look at Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 56, with the title of the predicted miracle. Predicted miracle. We're starting Advent, we're looking at Jesus and the birth of Jesus. But the phrase that really jumps out of this chapter is, nothing is impossible with God. Are you awake and caffeinated enough? Come on, can you say that with me? Nothing is impossible with God. I don't know if you've ever seen the impossible happen. Um, God, our creator, set up the world with certain natural laws. Now, scientists didn't invent them. They just observed them. Uh, our, our world has certain natural laws. And that's actually, uh, you know, limitations, things, the way that they tend to work. And it's actually uh, one of the ways that God shows his Sovereignty, the fact that he's in control, the fact that God is powerful by setting up natural laws and then breaking them. Did you know that God breaks the law? God breaks the natural law. Anything is possible. Nothing is impossible with God. And I've experienced that myself. Some of you have heard the story of breaking and dislocating my elbow. And uh, in the hospital, uh, when they were all done resetting it, not doing a very good job of it, there was a piece of bone the size of a quarter that was still in my elbow joint kind of floating around, a piece of bone the size of a quarter. And they uh, had put me through enough and decided to let me sleep a little bit. I had a concussion, so they're waking me up every hour, which is not pleasant. Uh, don't try to do that. I might hurt you. And, uh, but with the expectation that in the morning they were going to take new, new x-rays and need to do surgery to remove this chip of bone uh, the size of a quarter. We woke up the next morning, or should I say on the hour that they decided to, uh, and took new imagery, and the bone chip was gone. Never to be found. It was a miracle. They literally were baffled. It was like took an hour for them to communicate that they were baffled. They had no idea how or why the bone chip was gone. All they knew is that they couldn't justify doing surgery. And I was glad. <laughs> Nothing is impossible with God. We have a family friend uh, named Vern. Vern had been a compulsive smoker for most of his life came to faith in Jesus in kind of middle adulthood and was starting to experience the, the symptoms of lung cancer. And they did video imagery of his lungs and they were as you would expect. You've probably seen the after school special or you know public service announcements. The video imagery showed his lungs were black and scarred. Vern came to the church family and received prayer and his symptoms were gone. He went back to the doctor, convinced them to do new imagery. They did the video camera again, and the doctor said that he had lungs as pink as an infant's. He had brand new baby lungs. That's a miracle. Nothing is impossible with God. Looking at Luke 1, what we see here is that Dr. Luke, ironically enough, has written this account. We see uh, in verse chapter 3, having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I, have, I also have decided to write a careful account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything that you were taught. And here, out the gate, we see these characters... Elizabeth and Zechariah. 
And they are righteous people. They are people of faith. They are people who love God. They are people who believe in the word of God and have lived a good life. But they have been unable to have a baby. And God, uh, through an angel, sends a messenger to appear to Zechariah to say that I'm going to do the miraculous. But he doesn't believe the word. And the angel says, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. So we see Elizabeth is pregnant. She went into seclusion, it says in verse 24. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Now we pick up the story in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. So now, in these two families, we have ancestry from the line of priests and ancestry from the line of kings. Verse 28, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. Once more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Important note here, the angel told Zechariah that the baby, who would be John the Baptist, would be filled with the Holy Spirit, even in Elizabeth's womb. This is another miracle. And now we see that Elizabeth herself is filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Now Mary sings a thankful song that is prophetic. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of this lovely servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. 
He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remember to be merciful, for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. There's so much going on in this story, we simply cannot cover it with the sum total of today and the next few Sundays. That's why we recommend reading. That's why we recommend that you read the story. Uh, The fact of the matter is that early Jesus followers were more about literacy than any other spiritual movement. All the other major religions were content to have their priests be the one who could read the text and to keep the people ignorant of being able to read. In fact, early Christians were the first ones to use something with the style of a book assembled like this, actually moved away from the scrolls that were rolled up, because what was called a codex, what we would call just a book binding today, was it was easier to carry more words and more pages, and it was easy to reference them quickly. And early Christians were actually the first spiritual faith to take very seriously teaching every person to know how to read. At the time, at this time in culture, it was a lot more common that it would just be professional people that would have some wealth that were the ones that knew how to read. Average folks, fishermen, shepherds, generally did not know how to read, and the Jews even didn't seem fit to teach literacy at the way that the Christians did. They took it very, very seriously, and that's why as we think about Jesus Christ, our Messiah, we want to encourage you to read the story. That's why just now, instead of just spending minutes giving you my time and my, my opinion, my thoughts about Jesus, you spend time to read the Word. The Christian tradition includes a public reading of Scripture. That's my infomercial for the day. Read the story for yourself. Read the story for yourself. So Jesus is the predicted miracle. We see that Mary and Elizabeth are inspired. We see prophetic utterances. We see that a theme in the life of Jesus is that nothing is impossible with God. I want to get that into our system today. Because the reality is is that none of the Jesus followers that you read about in here, who were willing to die for their faith, none of them was ignorant of this fact. All of them show an evidence that they believed like people never before that this was true. And what we see in the story is that God responded to a faith that he would do what he said he would do. That he would go beyond the laws of nature, that he would do something miraculous. Do you understand this word that I use, prophecy? Prophecy refers to when a person is inspired, when a person hears the voice of the living God and is able to speak what God has said. It's different than just an inspired prayer. I've gotten close with God. I've prayed. I've read the scripture. I've learned the heart of God in my human mind. It's affected my spirit. And now I'm going to say something that is compassionate, that is loving. I'm going to say something because this is what I think God thinks in this moment. That's not prophecy. 
That's encouragement, it's exhortation, it can have a prophetic edge, but prophecy is when a person says, thus says the Lord. This is what God has said. And Mary's song includes connecting with the prophecies of old. And in this prophetic moment, John the Baptist, who would be the first prophetic voice in 400 plus years, his mother's baptized with the Holy Spirit. As an infant, he's baptized with the Holy Spirit. There is an ability, there is something prophetic that is happening in this moment. And Mary refers to the prophecies of old. She, he, she refers to the promise that God had given Abraham. That through their people, God would bless the people of every nation. She refers to the old, but she also speaks to the new. She also speaks on that foundation to things that God inspired her to sing about what the kingdom of Jesus Christ would be. Can you sense we're wading into waters that are a little deeper? So let's look at where she's coming from. Here on the screen you see a part of what she's referring to. In Genesis chapters 12 and 18, where God spoke this promise to Abraham that she refers to. God said, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. All the families on earth, not just the Jews, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. And here we see a theme because Abraham and his wife Sarah were unable to conceive. They were unable to have a baby on their own. And God did a miracle for them through whom the promise was fulfilled. Through whom we can follow the genealogy all the way to Jesus. And the word of God was, is anything too hard for the Lord? And the angel said, I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Mary also sings to the effect of what God had revealed through the prophet Isaiah about Jesus. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Isaiah seven fourteen. Christianity also being the only faith where the deity comes to live among the people. So what has God already communicated through this story? What, in the plain, simple truth of Scripture, what's the most important thing? What's the main point? Well, number one, nothing is impossible with God. Are you starting to get it? Come on, say it. Nothing is impossible with God. You know, when you speak the truth, something does happen on the inside of you. Activating the power of this spiritual truth. Number one, nothing is impossible with God. That's communicated through the story. Number two, as we find in the helpful lessons of the Purple Book, ask the questions that we go to Scripture to look for the answers. Number two, Creator God, that's Yahweh, has made redemption possible through Jesus Christ. Creator God has made redemption possible through Jesus Christ. Yahweh, our Creator and our Redeemer. Through who? Through Jesus Christ. That is the foundation of this story. We can't take anything else away from this story if we don't start there. Number three, Jesus Christ had a miracle birth confirming his identity as Messiah. He was born to a virgin, documented, 
eyewitnesses. This is something that they cared about, something that they would have paid attention to. What has God already communicated through the story? Number four, Jesus brought a new season of the Holy Spirit. We would call it the new covenant, including the prophetic gifts. The reign of Jesus included the ability to speak the words of the living God, the prophetic gifts. It's something I think doesn't get talked about enough, in part because we're in a cultural moment in the United States with many twisted narratives that would like to say that these spiritual dynamic things no longer exist. They were just for the time of the New Testament. If that's where your head is, I would like to spend some time to just walk through some scriptures, to talk with you, to tell you some stories, to help you learn the truth. That that is not reality. The same God speaks through people today. The prophetic exists today. The scripture gives us guidance about how it should function. It exists today. And I hear very many amens today. It's all right. I will continue. Number five, God responds to people who believe his words. We clearly see in the story, you are blessed because you believe. Now, all humans are given from God certain common graces. We all get an opportunity to see sunrise, sunset. I won't sing. We're all given breath in our lungs. And then we all also are given unique graces. Mary was given a unique grace. She was the only one. Don't you just want to get to heaven and hear her story from herself? Do you know she's still alive? You know, look her and heaven someday with your own eyes and your own ears and hear her story. Now, some of you might think of Pastor Ben, you're reading this prophecy stuff into the story. Okay, let's go to some scripture. Luke chapter 24, verses 47 to 49. It is, it was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. Quoting the prophecy, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things, and I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. This is Jesus talking now, so let's pay attention. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Sounds like Jesus thought that his followers should receive the Holy Spirit with abilities that they did not have on their own. John chapter 20, verses 21 through 22. Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. We've been talking about sent a few weeks ago. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Did you know that this is before Acts chapter 2? The Holy Spirit is at work through the ministry of Jesus and through his breath. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, this is Jesus talking. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Each of us are given a message and a ministry of reconciliation that we would be a witness of Jesus Christ. It's not just for the crazy Christians. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 17 through 18. This is really important. The Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. We receive the grace of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven, we are made clean, and then the Holy Spirit helps us to grow spiritually. Oh, somebody said this is good stuff. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10. God gives John a very clear revelation about many things. The title of the book is The Revelation of Jesus. So this scripture should be a bell ringer. It should be a more important thing to you than all the prophetic imagery. Some of you know what I'm talking about. For the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness of Jesus. Mary responds prophetically with a gift, and it is something that God was doing. And it came in the form of a song. Do you know that we can have a prophetic song? So what may God be communicating to us through this story today? Well, obviously... Everything that we already said, that's the plain, simple truth of Scripture, because those are the lessons that are for all believers all time. But now, as your shepherd, I want to talk about what is God the Holy Spirit saying to us, here and now, in addition to those truths, what else is God saying to us? Y'all okay? Great is His faithfulness. He never changes, and His tender mercies are new every morning. Number one, Jesus is our way to salvation, including forgiveness and redemption. Salvation was not only for the people back then. It would be terrible to miss your opportunity for salvation. So number one, Jesus is our way to salvation. Number two, here and now, God the Holy Spirit is available to us in our new life of purpose. We've talked about this recently at length, but I want to remind you, I think that when we look at this story, it shouldn't just be a picture, like stained glass, like some icon of some image that you have, some cute story. God is alive in the story and he's saying something to us today. Jesus is our way to salvation. Here and now, God the Holy Spirit is available to us in our new life of purpose. Number three, we should believe that nothing is impossible with God here and now. They had just, in this story of Zachariah and Elizabeth, they had seen more than 400 years of silence. God had not spoken through a prophet in over 400 years. You think you have a hard time believing that God's going to do the supernatural now? The supernatural has been going on all the time. You can Google it. You can find YouTube videos. You can find proof that God is doing these things easily. They couldn't do that. They only had word of mouth and old stories and scrolls that spoke of things that God had done more than 400 years before. And then God gives Elizabeth the miracle to conceive a baby, fills her with the Holy Spirit. There's a prophetic unction that's happening. Mary responds to to what is happening with a prophetic song. It would have been very easy to be skeptical. We should believe that nothing is impossible. What is 
What should you be praying for? Let us not come to God with prayer requests that are things we are able to accomplish. Let us go to God with prayer requests for things that are miracles. And let us be really specific with what we pray for, aligned with His will, His value system, His desires. Not selfish. But let us be very specific about the miracles we're asking God for. That way when it happens, we'll know it was a miracle. Like baby lungs. Number four, we should receive the Holy Spirit and an ability to speak life where there is death. Here's something that I want to say to you today. A lot of you are aware that I pray for you. Daily, every week, praying for you by name with specifics. By now, some of you have seen the Mr. Rogers movies. Not only Mr. Rogers who does that, I do too. Mr. Rogers not praying for you. I'm praying for you. And in my praying for you, each of you by name with specifics for miracles, God has spoken to me. And here's what God has said. A new season is coming. God is going to give you the ability to hear his voice. To dream dreams. To see things revealed to you. God is going to give you an ability like you've not had before. God is doing a new thing. This is the word of God for you today. Let me tell you what I saw. And God was speaking to me and I was praying for you. We're coming into a new season. Where you're going to be praying in private for the people in your life. And God is going to give you pictures of things that will be an answer to prayer for them. A revelation of what you should be praying for. God is going to speak words to you of what you should be praying for you. Praying for them. God's going to give you a picture. Some of you is going to give a song. He's going to give you a word. He's going to give you a phrase. He's going to give you something to communicate to the people that you're praying for. And when you obey, when you obey and you reach out to them, you will see miracles. God wants you, not just the ones of you that have functioned with these gifts before. Not just the ones of you that think, oh, this is for me. This is an all y'all word. But God has spoken to me that he's bringing us into a new season where he's going to breathe on us by his Holy Spirit. He's going to speak to us. He's going to give us pictures. He's going to give us words. He's going to give us a key that unlocks a door. He's going to give us a, a revelation from God of what to say to a person. And I'm not here today to tell you that you need to shout for it to be a prophecy. I'm not here today to tell you that you need to close your eyes and act weird for it to be a prophecy. You notice that I'm not doing that. I'm not telling you that you need to raise your voice when you're talking to the person. And in some cases, I'm not even telling you to say, thus saith the Lord to the person. You don't have to say thus or saith. Just speak what God gives you. And you'll know. 
You'll know the difference between God and yourself. And sometimes that takes time. You can talk to us. You can mentor with you. I've functioned in the prophetic since I was young. But you will definitely know if it's your enemy. And you will definitely know if it's your carnal nature and your flesh. But when God gives you a word, a lot of us, we get nervous. Oh, no! We get nervous. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. It doesn't matter your education. It doesn't matter your culture. It doesn't matter how much money is in your bank account. I'm here to tell you today to everyone who's listening to my voice as a part of this church family in City Harbor, God has spoken a word. We are coming into a season where he wants to speak through you. We should be inspired by Mary. For nothing is impossible with God. We live in a city where there's suffering. We live in a city where there is death. God wants us to speak life where there is death. I'm here for you to answer any questions that you might have about this. I want to do whatever I can to help you. I continue to pray. I believe this is what God is saying to 